Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Happy to be here tonight. Talk about these movies. Yes. So now, Dana, as you know, and as anybody who's followed this show over the years knows, when it comes to Christmas time, I take some time off and I have some annual Christmas specials that I repeat. One of them is on the history of Christmas. Another one, speaking of movies, I have my top 10 holiday favorites of all time, and then some of the worst holiday movies ever made. And that one was repeated just a couple of weeks ago already here at KCBQ, and it will be repeated on my podcast about a week from now. So I'm not going to talk much about those movies right now, except it did occur to me that we've never heard your comments on these movies, these movies which you have to put up with me watching like five or six times a year, even the ones yes, you like. Yes, I can you're, verify you're going, he does are, You're going to watch that again? It's I said it's like tinsel on the tree. It's like an ornament. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them because you can hear all the detail in that show. But I want to get Dana's reaction to them. And then there are some other holiday movies, just to update this a little bit and be new, that Dana and I both like. Some of them she likes more than me. Some of them I like more than her. But anyway, here's my top 10 list. It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, Scrooge the Musical with Albert Finney, A Charlie Brown Christmas, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Christmas, the animated one, not that idiotic movie, A Christmas Story, The Santa Claus and Breaking Form as One Who Hates Sequels, The Santa Claus 2, Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Home Alone. Okay, honey, your reaction to some of these movies that the audience hears my reaction to every year. Yeah, and I can verify that Bob watches all of these and often will watch them multiple times. Also, there's at least one day where the Christmas Story movie is going 24 hours. Oh, it's Christmas hours. Eve. Christmas Eve. They, they play oh, it for 24 for hours. joy. On Bob's list, that's <laughs> the one that I definitely, you know, all the other ones most I women do don't enjoy. Like, I found most women don't like that movie and a lot of guys like that movie. I think that's a male-female thing. I do thing. think so that, you know, the main character is a boy and what he goes through. And I just don't like how the dad behaves. He's... I don't know. It's just not interesting to me at all. And so I can always hear it in the background. I know these movies so well that I can tell what's coming by just the music I'm And when it's I'm playing hearing. through the night, I'll just lay down on the couch and fall asleep. Yes. And throughout the night when I wake up, I know exactly where they are in the movie. <laughs> I don't really have to be watching it with any continuity. Yes. So I do like now, all the movies. you love Scrooge the Musical. That's one I that I, do. of all I the ones on my list, is. I think but you enjoy that musical. the most. But I love musicals as well. So, you know, you and I both have lots of musicals, not just Christmas musicals, but lots of musicals we do love together. So so this list is fine. Bob will stick with that. If I had to make a a top 10 list, I'm not sure what they'd be. I've never taken the time to sit down and do that. But I definitely can absolutely, without any doubt, say A Christmas Story would never, ever be on on my list. That's true. But I thought it would be kind of fun tonight to do something a little bit different and to do a little bit of trivia with these movies movies because I know there are many people that watch these movies too and enjoy them as much as we do. And so I thought I would just do a few of them off of your top 10. So let's start with the Scrooge, the musical 
that you have here, but truly that comes from a different story. The name of that original story is A Christmas Carol. It was originally a novella. And so what we're going to do tonight is a little trivia. I'm going to read a question to you. And then you can, I'll give you some choices and then you can write that down. Some of them are true, false. Some of them are pick a choice, that kind of thing. So if you want to get pencil and paper and just kind of have fun and keep track of how many you get right or how many you knew, you can do that. Also, you may want pencil and paper to write down some of the names of the movies we mentioned because we've just discovered a few of them as some newer recently one, some newer as two ones, weeks not the ago. Ones we just, we just found yes. one. So we're going to be naming some movies that are lesser known, but that we've enjoyed and had a good time with. So I think that would be kind of fun if they want to keep track of their just whether they're accurate or not on these things. So let's start with the Christmas Carol. The first question is, who wrote this original novella? Was it Herman Melville, Mary Shelley, Charles Dickens, Henry James? And I know you know the answer, Bob. Who is the you author? You talk about making the obvious obvious. I'm sure everybody knows <laughs> the answer. It so, is Charles Dickens. It is Charles Dickens. In what city does the story take place? Is oh, it in that's New easy. York? It's, it's oh, in ah, 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 Gila Bend, hey, Arizona. What? Oh. It takes place in Gila Bend, Arizona. Okay, don't listen to him. He's trying right. to throw you off, folks. All right, so you can choose from New York, Boston, London, or Edinburgh. And so what city does the story take place in, Bob? I'll uh, take London for 12, Johnny. That is correct. So if you chose London, not Arizona, that would be really good. Oh, um, very good, Love Todd. that. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, keep that going. That's great, Todd. All right. Movie. There are many movie adaptations to this, and we have another question about that. But this story has been done over and over again, different forms. And so most of those adaptations still keep this story in the original time it was published. So what year was that? Was it 1820, 1843? 1901 or 1925. So it was at least. This one we're not exactly ago. given away, but it is 1843. It is 1843. Many of the adaptations do go with that. However, as we have noticed on some of our rom-com channels, there are newer adaptations that are being done. Oh, and just and, about every television yeah, series in history Yeah, and they are not in 1943. Yeah, 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 or 1843. So, yeah, that is different. And they had the Mickey Mouse version and the Mr. Magoo version and the Fred Flintstone yes, version. Yes, and, and almost every version. family sitcom movie or sitcom TV show. The Muppets show. Christmas Carol. They yes, did it, yeah. and cartoons almost. Almost every yeah. one of them has done. There's probably a just of the hundreds Christmas. and hundreds yes. of versions. Of so this. let's talk about that right now. Approximately how many film adaptations of the Christmas story have been produced? 40, 60, 75, or more than 80? More than 80. Absolutely. More than 80. And, and when you put in all the other adaptations for TV, I'd say it's probably more than 200. Yes, I would think so. We did find a stat that said they had a database of over 100 in that one that we looked at earlier. So last question for A Christmas Carol for tonight. Which Star Trek actor played Scrooge in the 1999 TV version of this story? Was it Patrick Stewart? William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, and Brent Spinner. Which one actually did that? Well, even though Shatner would have liked <laughs> to play the part, he 
did not. It was Patrick Stewart, and the reason I know this is he did a television movie, but he did the television movie based on the fact that for a couple of years he toured and did a one-man performance. He memorized the entire novella, did a one-man performance. Some friends of mine took me to the Spreckles Theater here in San Diego to see him. It was a thrill because I do live one-man performances of my place, and it said in the program that Charles Dickens, when he was alive, used to travel around the world and perform A Christmas Carol. Since Patrick Stewart was an excellent actor from England, watching him do it, I thought was the next best thing to watching Charles Dickens do it. What a thrill. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Bob Siegel Show. Looking for a book you won't be able to put down? Push the Winds Around is a romance set in the context of science fiction. Dr. Brandon Krieger is given the opportunity of a lifetime, a psychologist's dream. Through the usage of his physics professor friend's time machine, Brandon travels 20 years back through time in an attempt to change one man's destiny. Tom Kyle, a convicted and unremorseful murderer, is located in the past when he was a six-year-old boy. Brandon's mission? To alter Tom Kyle's path and prevent him from being a vicious killer. Matters are complicated when Brandon finds himself falling in love with young Tom's mother. Push the Winds Around, a novel by Bob Siegel. Available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Before we went to the break, we were talking about The Christmas Carol and what a popular movie that is and how many adaptations have been made of that. And one of the things that we did want to share is that I have seen many adaptations of that in the rom-coms. And the the rom-com is the later name or updated name for romantic comedies, which we used to say would be Hallmark. And I used to think that if you just say, hey, it was a Hallmark day, it meant you were just going to enjoy some movies and have a good time just relaxing. And the part that I always loved about Hallmarks was they had a happy ending. That's all. I just want to know it's going to turn out okay. Everybody's going to get something good. And then I can relax and watch the movie. And it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy movies. If I know ahead of time there's going to be a rough ending, but it's still a great story, I can enjoy it. In fact, Bob's so good at he'll warn me. If he knows something, some movie is coming and he knows the ending, he'll say it's not going to have a Hallmark ending, but... It is a great story and you'll enjoy it. Then I'm ready. It's usually a great story because it didn't have a hallmark in it. I know, I know. So one of the things we did want to say is that we have switched from Hallmark. So I don't say, hey, it's a Hallmark day anymore. We have switched from watching Hallmarks as they started getting more and more political about the things they were doing and also just... It's well, there was pressure put values. on them from the LGBTQ yes. community, and they now show guys making out. And yeah. sorry, we're just not going to watch One that. One of the and things that I appreciated about the Hallmark movies, not only that they would have a happy ending, but I also appreciated the fact that they did have family values, that the shows did have. And for years, and that, they, would they claim really that they, did. they would claim that they these are family values, just different family well, values. Well, what I but. Ca- consider a family value is if I have one of my grandchildren in the room with me, and two men start having a relationship. I don't know how to a young child, 
a, that's a hard thing to but explain. But to the people that are explaining that to kids in school, they think yes. that's just... And look, yes, look we, we live in a free country and you can believe anything you want about your sexuality. It's just that it works in reverse. We are entitled to have our opinion about it too. And it doesn't mean that Christians hate gays. Dana and I don't hate gays, but we don't feel obligated to watch movies that put this stuff in it. It's just that simple. Yes. And I do. I want to echo that too, because I do have friends and family that that is their choice. And I love them. I enjoy them. But well, the I, narrative today is that if you don't tolerate, you don't love. And that's just not true. You no, can love somebody no, and disagree and I care with very them much, about something. I care very much for them. But I also, when I sit down to watch something, I want it to be something where I'm not going to be caught off guard. And Hallmark originally didn't want to do this. They capitulated. There was pressure. Yes. put. But now there's another channel that a lot of Hallmark writers and producers and actors have kind of migrated yes, so, to. So tell yes, them about many that. Many of the Hallmark actors have moved over to Great American Family, which is a wonderful station. In fact, the I, I don't know, I didn't check on this before we came on the air, but the original president of Hallmark left Hallmark when all this pressure was coming and moved over to become the lead in the Great American Family. And don't worry, folks. Great American Family is just as cheesy, just as predictable, <laughs> just as formulaic as a Hallmark They are. Movie. And again, it's, it's a Hallmark happy heaven. ending. Yes. So. I want to know that everybody's going to be okay at the end of the Boy, movie. Boy, are they ever. So, yeah. So Great American Family, we have switched over to them. We also have switched over to Up. TV and Up TV, their tagline is Faith and Family. And they're often on this channel uh, have religious messages or just really touching things. So for me, that's where my heart is in just watching these really fun things. So we are going to do one more on your top 10 list, Bob. We're going to do a little trivia about Home Alone. So according to the Guinness Book of World Records, how much did Home Alone gross worldwide? Was it 350 million, 512 million, or 533 million? And if you chose 533 million, you were correct. In fact, in its day, it was the highest grossing comedy movie of all time. That's amazing. Now, I like the movie. Obviously, I put it on my top 10 list. I don't, I don't know that it deserves the status of highest grossing comedy movie of all time, but it's a fun movie, particularly with Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. The, the, the actors in yeah, it are yeah. part of what Well, not Macaulay it. Culkin Kevin, so much, but the other actors I actually it. think he's really good. I know. I think he made a perfect Kevin. And Kevin is who he played, the young eight-year-old boy that gets left at home alone. And so, let's Let's do a little test of your trivia here. What does Kevin go to see Santa for and what does he ask for? Does he ask for peace on earth, a safe trip for his family, protection from the burglars, or a return of his family? And I know you know this one, Bob. It's a return of his family. Yes, because they've gone off to travel and he has been left home alone. Next one, the film's composer has written some of the most recognizable music in film history. Who is the composer? Is it Hans Zimmer, James Horner, John Williams, Henry Mancini? Well, much as I love all of those composers, this is John Williams, who also wrote Star Wars, Superman, Indiana Jones, you name it. Look, he's written beautiful music. Yeah. So it does have good, which I do enjoy. Oh, and the song Somewhere in My Memory, I think is one of the most beautiful Christmas carols ever written. And that was written by John Williams for this movie. 
That it is, it is a beautiful soundtrack. So I'm going to now just share a couple of facts about it because these are so interesting. There is one point where one of the burglars has the brother's tarantula on oh, his yes, face. Yes. And you see him screaming. You hear this blood-curdling scream while you're seeing this tarantula on his face. probably about as blood-curdling as any of us would do in yes, the circumstance. Yes, and so what they share in this trivia thing is that Daniel Stern, the actor, actually had to mime that scream when the tarantula was on his face because a real scream would have scared the spider. And so the sound had to be dubbed in afterwards. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, well, no amount of money. They couldn't have paid me a million dollars to allow them to put that tarantula on me. Okay, you're listening to The Bob Siegel Show with Dana Siegel. We'll be right back. Looking for a church that will not only challenge you, but help you to feel like a part of a family? Why not try Skyline Church located in Rancho San Diego near 94 in Hamishaw? I can testify firsthand to Skyline because I myself am a member. When you visit, tell them Bob Siegel sent you and ask about that free week-long trip to Bermuda for first-time visitors. They'll look at you like they don't know what you're talking about, and you will not, in fact, get any free trip to Bermuda, but you'll still be glad for a chance to experience Skyline Church. You don't want to go to Bermuda anyway. Too hot. And people who approach that area have been known to disappear, but they don't disappear at Skyline. Those who visit usually can't wait to come back. Skyline Church. Some other fun ones. These are all ones that I know aren't top 10, but we do find value in them and enjoy. They are entertaining. Fred Claus. Which was an okay movie. I'd have to give it a mixed review, but all in all, I found it enjoyable. Well, and it does, it kind of makes fun of the dynamics of family members and so on. It's yeah, kind Fred of Claus is Santa Claus's yeah. older brother and he never gets the attention. There is one scene, even if it was the only scene you watch, where he goes to this kind of like an AA meeting, but it's for neglected brothers. And there's the brother of Bill Clinton in there and there's the brother of Sylvester Stallone. And right. it's played by the real brothers, yeah. Alec Baldwin's brothers yes, in there. That, the real that scene alone was worth this movie. And the whole premise of this is that he's left the family, basically, and is off just doing regular work. But his brother, who's been Santa all these years, needs his help. And he has to go back and rejoin. And he ends up actually saving Christmas, helping his brother out when his brother wasn't able, and uh, restoring his relationship with his family, his girlfriend, everything. So it's just, it's and the actors in it, there's just a lineup of hilarious actors in it so it's a good one jack frost this one's very different okay not great but it wasn't without its charm i barely enjoyed it i guess i would say and this one is the father is killed in a car accident michael keaton was the star he's a good actor and then he does come back as a snowman and they have time together. He has time with the son to reconcile some things. It's Obviously, not as funny as you would expect a it's Michael not, Keaton no, movie to be, not. but it did have a lot of serious overtones. It, to it did. And then there, what there is humor and some There's comedy some, in some. it. Not a lot. 
but it is more about a father-son relationship and the importance of that and that he had missed that. And so now he was getting a chance to try to make that happen. So it was... By the way, that was Vince Vaughn that starred in Fred Claus. Yes. You were talking about the all-star cast, Vince Vaughn. Was, that, yes, yeah. and uh, and several others. Yeah. Uh, Paul Giamatti was Santa Claus. Yeah. Yes. So that was that was a good one. So Jack Frost is a very different kind of Christmas movie. It's not a totally happy ending for me, but it is the only ending that could be. And so it goes on if, in fact, anybody could actually become a snowman. Okay. Now, Christmas with the Cranks. I really do like this one. And I I'm not exactly sure why. It's entertaining because Tim Allen is always hilarious, but it is so stupidly predictable. In fact, when I saw it previewed where they're saying, oh, they're canceling Christmas because their daughter isn't going to be home for Christmas. I'm going, oh, don't tell me. Don't tell me. She decides to come home after all. And then they got to scrap. Well, not only did I figure it out, but in the preview, they showed you that anyway, because they think you're too stupid. They think if you don't see the whole story. However, Tim Allen is so funny he in is. this, Dan Aykroyd. Really I do enjoy watching it. I'd be hard pressed to call it a good movie, but I do enjoy watching it. So what can I tell you? That's my mixed review. We'll go with that. And also, we don't particularly enjoy Elf. Um, I know. I had that on my top two worst Christmas. And I know I'm alone. I know I'm alone. Everybody hates me because I don't like Elf. But you can listen to the rebroadcast of my top 10 and my worst two. Yes. And, and Elf was one of my worst two. And we're going to have one trivia question oh, from Elf. Well, that's just about for all fun. it deserves. The yeah. elves in Elf try to stick to the four f- main food groups. What are they? Are they gumdrops, lollipops, licorice, and gum? Candy, candy canes, candy corn and syrup, or pizza, sandwiches, ice cream, and candy. It was the second one. It was. Everything is candy, candy canes, candy corn, and syrup. And he makes a big deal about putting this together. had one good thing. Bob Newhart was in it, and he was hilarious like he always is. But he wasn't in enough of it to save the movie. Yes. So now let's switch to movies that we have found in the last couple of years that we have enjoyed. So we've we've given you our mixed reviews. These are the ones we really like a lot more. Yes. And they're not on the top ten, but they're still... They're newer ones that we've recently discovered, and we really like them. And so I think the one that you you really enjoy is the Christmas Chronicles 1 and 2 with Kurt Russell Kurt and Goldie Russell Hawn. Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. He's a very different kind of very Santa Claus. Different. In fact, he's a thinner Santa Claus, and he's tired of the image of being overweight. And great gadgetry, great special effects, really interesting story. And they made a sequel, and in the sequel, there really was a new story to tell. They didn't retread the old one. You can find that on Netflix, and I think you might find it a new Christmas favorite, The Christmas Chronicles. We did enjoy it, and and again, you can tell we watch Christmas movies a lot, and we both were pleasantly surprised at how interesting these were, and I found that there were several things in the movies about the magic of Santa and how he does things and what he can do that answers some of the questions I think we have as kids in our minds about how does Santa do this or that? It, it's very, very clever. It's really cute. And so we've enjoyed that. So that is on Netflix if you're interested in that. And that came out a couple of years ago. The next one, we just found this a couple of days ago. It's a 2023 from Prime Candy Cane Lane with Eddie, with Murphy. Eddie Murphy. It was very quirky and very yes. different and pretty funny too. 
It was very funny and and beautiful to watch and yes. great special effects. Not a huge Eddie Murphy fan, but I was very pleasantly surprised. And it did have some kind of outrageous characters in it. Yeah, and yeah. the Pentatonics are in it. Uh, yes, which is an excellent a cappella singing group. Yeah, so it was just very out there, super interesting. Another one in that group, we found this a couple of years ago, was Jingle Jangle. A Christmas Journey came out in 2020. I believe it is on Netflix as well. And it has, again, some more famous actors in it. But visually, it is something else to watch. Just the toy shop, the invention shop and just what goes on and the magic in it. It's just really a great, I was really surprised at what a great story it was. So Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, back from 1920, if you're interested in that. So those are, I think, some of our more recent ones. Okay, and we, I think we have a few more and some more trivia coming up. So you're listening to The Bob Siegel Show. The sequel to The Dangerous Christmas Ornament is called Inside the Castle in the Glass, and already this entertaining sequel is getting great reviews from customers on Amazon.com. Reviews such as this one. Very clever way of introducing certain life principles in a fictional setting. I thoroughly enjoyed the story. Here's another review. I picked up this book at a book signing with Bob Siegel on a Friday. By Monday morning before work, I finished it. This is over 500 pages of story. I couldn't put it down. I would plan to put it down at the end of the chapter. Then something big would take place. I would have to continue to see what happened. A lot of unexpected twists and turns and a lot of things you can't imagine. Things that make you say, what? By the way, I am pushing 60 years old and I enjoyed this book and look forward to more of Bob's books. Keep them coming. Inside the Castle in the Glass, available on Amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Two questions about Rudolph. The creator of Rudolph character is Robert L. May, and he was given the challenge of creating a Christmas story for a department store. Was it Macy's, Saks Fifth Avenue, or Montgomery Ward? It was Montgomery Ward, and it was originally a coloring book so that the kids would have something to do while their parents shopped. And then somebody took the story from the coloring book, wrote the song, and then the song became this big breakout hit. And what a brilliant thing to do to entertain the kids while the parents are shopping. I am so surprised that tradition didn't carry on over the years. A lot of the stories of how Christmas traditions developed over the years are very interesting. Yes, that was brilliant for them to do that. So... You mentioned the songwriter. The songwriter, John Marks, took May's poem and put it to music, but he was also related to him. Were they father and son, cousins, or brother-in-laws? I do not know the answer to this one. I knew that it was a coloring book turned into a song, but I do not know about their relationship. They were actually brother-in-laws. Wow. So his brother-in-law is the one that made the song. So very cool. All right, let's carry on. We are going to give you a couple more very new movies or shows and then one that is very, very old that is fascinating. I did not know about it until just a couple of days ago when Bob introduced it to me. But let's start with the Santa Clauses, the TV series, which yeah, is so a they made, spin-off. They made three movies 
And I liked the first two. Dana liked all three, but now it's a... And these all have Tim Allen in them. They've shown them the last two years. There's been two seasons of it, and there's six episodes apiece. They're both on Disney+. Plus. Are they good? How do they compare with the movie? Well, each season when it started was really slow. The kid actors are horrible, but the kid actors in the movies were really good. I kind of watched them, and I feel like, boy, they should have just stopped with the movies. They should have quit while they're ahead. However, there are times we find ourselves laughing and the stories get better as the season goes on. So I suppose this qualifies as another mixed review. What did you think about it, well, sweetheart? Well, I thought I agree with the the kids. They're horrible. I think they're, they're directed horrible. to be the way they are, which I is not I think they're the director's fault. kids or the producer's kids, oh, and that's the only well, way they got I in. I don't know. I don't they're know. just really not believable. They're over no, the No, and the kids it's, in the movies were so, were so good. Real. So we're not against yes, kid yeah. actors. It's just that, boy, yeah, they, it these doesn't are the worst. Have the, it doesn't work as well as it did in the Santa Claus movies. And these two six-episode seasons came out last year and this year. And this year, we almost didn't finish it because we went, we watched one, two, and three and thought, and we even said, like, on three, should we just watch it and get it over with? Because you keep thinking it's going to get better. But it did. And then by the last three, they, they finally did pick up. Yes, by episode four, it did lock in and six tied it all up and so on. So if I were to give them any kind of recommendation, I would not, they were doing a lot of flashbacks at the beginning, but those flashbacks didn't make sense until the very end. So I think they were trying to be real artsy and creative, but it didn't work because it was confusing. I'll the say viewer. this, they're complex stories. I'll give them yes, that. Yes, oh, most definitely. I think with better kid actors, it might've been better, but all Perhaps. in all, they should have just quit with the movies. That may be true. The one we just went to see in the theaters was Journey to Bethlehem. And we went being a little skeptical. We didn't know. We were trying to online. It's kind of vague about what it doesn't say a whole lot. It is called an epic musical and it just came out this month. And now it is already on Prime to rent or buy. So you can see it. It left the theaters last week and now it's out. So talk to us about Journey to Bethlehem. Well, and I, like I said at the top of the show, I love musicals. The musical numbers in this don't match that period. Of Not course. at all. But of course, that's but a Good. That, that's a tradition they started with Joseph in the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat with Andrew Lloyd Webber. So I'll give them that. I thought the dopiest part of the movie was when Mary, the Virgin Mary, she wanted to be a rabbi. She wanted to be a career woman. Now, look, I believe. She wanted in, to be a teacher. A teacher. Yes, okay. Yes. Look, I believe in career <laughs> woman. My wife, Dana, is a, a wonderful. I'm a teacher, so I thought, oh, that's okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> that, and that's wonderful because we progressed since then. But in that culture, is it possible that there might have been one or two? Two women that were saying, come only the men can be rabbis. Anything's possible, but it's not very likely. In that culture, women didn't think in those terms. So that just seemed obligatory and politically correct. Having said that, it was fun. It was entertaining. When somebody's making a movie about Christianity, you kind of go in there thinking, okay, how bad is it going to be? It could have been a lot worse. Probably Dana enjoyed it a little more than I did. I would say it could have been worse than it was. Well, and it wasn't outrageously against scripture other than those things. And they were very clear to say they took creative liberty. 
liberty yeah, with this and yeah. so on. They are Christians that wrote it. It's a husband and wife team that wrote it, and the wife wrote the music. I did think the music was great. It was good. The it's just that it didn't fit that choreography was great. Period. The voices were the actors. Well, were and the danger from King voices. Herod that was trying to kill all the children, you got much more of a sense of that danger in this movie, which I thought was good. That yeah. did make it more Antonio dramatic. Antonio Banderas played that part. Yes, he was, he was, he was very good in that part. Yeah. <laughs> he really was. So go into it knowing it's got some creative liberties, but I found it quite good. And Bob just was able to point out the areas where scripturally those well, would that, have been just sound that things. one area mostly yeah. and then let's finish on yes virginia there is a santa claus this was amazing okay this was a movie made for television it came out like in the 80s i think it had edward asner and charles bronson and richard thomas from the waltons very well acted very intriguing and it's loosely based on a true story there was a little girl named virginia that wrote this paper the sun new york sun the new york newspaper. sun and asked does Santa Claus really exist. And the editorial that came back answering her question was beautifully written. And it's the kind of thing where even if you don't believe in Santa Claus, he was really saying, yes, so, Santa exists, yes. but it was more like the spirit of Santa Claus, yeah. the kindness around Christmas time. Yes. Anyway, honey, we're running out of time here. But Well, and I do think that was good. It's on television right now, and it was originally from 1897, and they are now continuing to show that, and there have been lots of versions. So it was really a touching movie. It's cool that it's still going a hundred years later. Yeah, that story yeah. Check out that movie. On. Yeah. All right, and everybody so have a merry Christmas. Update. The Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com/bob. <laughs>